Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads Podcast with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Pastor Bob conducts personal interviews with Christian influencers from around the globe, helping Christian authors, recording artists, CEOs, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, and yes, pastors and ministry leaders to get the word out about what they are doing to impact the world with the gospel. Our podcast has been rated in the top one half percent of all podcasts in the world by listennotes.com. So you know your message will be heard. Now, here is your host with today's interview, Pastor Bob Thibodeau. Hello, everyone, everywhere. Pastor Robert Thibodeau here. Welcome to the Kingdom Crossroads podcast today. We're so blessed that you're joining us. Tom Donnan is back. And we're so blessed to have him here with us today. Every time Tom comes on to discuss current events in relation to Bible prophecy in the end days, we are always amazed at how close we really are to the soon return of Jesus. Amen. Help me welcome back to the program our good friend, Tom Donna. Tom, thanks for coming back on, brother. I've been looking forward to catching up with you. Uh, Pastor Bob, thank you very much. I do enjoy our time together and how doors seem to be opening up in a variety of different ways for spiritual people that have their finger on the pulse of what's happening in in the world and in society and in the spiritual realm. So thank you for having me on your program today. Amen. Amen. Let's start off with something you shared about something that the Lord first showed you way back in 2010. I mean, that sounds like we should be teenagers back then, but that's so long uh-huh. ago. But uh, but the elitists taking over the world. I mean, let's open with you sharing a little bit of what he showed you and how that compares to what we see today. Awesome. All right. That is a good segue. All right. So uh, in 2010, I had gone down to, uh, to speak at a church in a little town uh, outside of Tyler, Texas. And while I was there, I had this over-the-top experience where uh, Pastor Jim had had me in his office on Saturday night. He wanted to get to know me a little bit before he gave me his podium, right? So we're, we're swapping God's stories. You know, you and I swap God's stories, you know, and the time flies by when that happens. And so um, we're sitting there, and at the two-hour mark, uh, off his top bookshelf, a book comes flying off the shelf. And drops, it kind of like was projected straight out and then dropped right in between our feet. And I looked at him and I, the first thing I said is, Jim, if it was anybody else to be running for the door, right? (laughs) But we knew we had a message. So I bent over and I picked up the book and it was a a small book and it was by Dr. D. James Kennedy. And it was a summary of the Declaration of Independence and uh, the Constitution of the United States. Okay, so I put that uh, to the side. And then finished my, my time with him. And then on the first day I got home, the Lord brought me somewhere. No, I, it's hard to explain, but I go to sleep. And the next thing I know, I am awake and alive in another place in another time. He had brought me to the future. And in this experience, I was a slave to elitist. I had no rights. I had to do whatever they say. I would be extermination. Uh, I was a housekeeper, so to speak, and I was uh, serving them dinner along with my controller and another uh, person that was there. And I had totally lost my freedom and I was totally obsessed with gaining it back. And so this experience, I don't know how long it, it lasted. And then when the Lord returned me to my room, uh, I couldn't stop crying for three hours, gut wrenching prayers. Please don't ever let this happen. And since that time, I have prayed many times, please don't let this happen. And so uh, I couldn't make the connection to the elitist 
Now, there's no problem making the connection because they are being exposed and they don't mind it. I think they're actually helping it to come out so that people can see that they are pretty much in control. And now we are seeing how they are um, involved in, how, what's the thing I'm trying to say? They want to influence our life. They want to change our behavior. And they don't even cover it up. They say it right on a video. So that's where we're at with this is that now here, what was that? 2010, so it's 13 years later. Uh, uh, and now it's becoming too scary, too much of a reality. Yeah, yeah, amen. You know, I see a lot of news reports where, uh, I'll just use this as an example because it was the latest one I've seen this morning. You know, the LGBTQ alphabet soup type thing, you know, and the transgenderism. You know, I think back to when, you know, it all started way back in like, gosh, like, early 2000s you know they wanted all we want to do is have what they call what they call it back then civil marriage you know whatever it was whatever they called it so that they could you know because the aids thing had impacted them and they couldn't go in with their loved one as they were dying because they weren't really family because they weren't married and all we just want that stuff and we'll be happy and you know, spiritually discerning people said that's never going to happen. Once you give them that, they're going to want the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing. And sure yes. enough, that's what happened. You know, it started with that. Then they said, well, we don't care about civil unions. We want to be married, married, yes. married, married. You know? So, well, okay, we'll, we'll let you have that. Okay. Now we want to be able to adopt kids, you know, two dads and a family type thing, you know, and, and they said, well, yeah, okay, well, we'll, we'll let you do that. And, and it just kept progressing. And then next thing you know, they're adopting kids and the pedophilia is going on. And, and you know, it just continues to spread. Now it's biological men in girls' changing rooms and stuff. There's one I seen this morning was at a swim meet or something like that. And, you know, she raised protests. She's 16 years old, started protesting. And I said, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to come back. You know, and, you know, the thing is, it's like, why are we changing society for 0.01% of society? You know, they yeah. say, well, if you don't like it, you go into the unisex bathroom and you can change in there, right? Yeah. Now, why should the girls go in the unisex bathroom to change when they say, well, transgender dude, why don't you go in the unisex bathroom to change? You know, yeah. we are, that's just one example of the elitists pushing mm -hmm. their yeah. agenda. Don't I say yeah. you're gonna do what we say, how we say it, when we say it, because we say it, and you don't have a yeah. say in it, you know? Yeah. 0.01% of society has to bow yeah. to the elitist attitude, right? Yeah, uh, that is a very scary thing. So let me let me put in this too as uh, uh in the beginning, is that uh, several times the Lord has brought me to the the um first page of the book of Isaiah. And what it talks about is is that he is going to speak or confront a rebellious nation, right? Okay, so what you were just talking about is, is that the elitists are using this to push their agenda to bring division and change. And it's not that they are, are uh, how would you, what am I trying to think of here? Is that it's an avenue by which they can bring their, their uh, elitism into full scope and this is just like a puppet. They're just like a, a puppet to advance what they're they're trying to do. 
And so we have talked about before about the decline of America and seeing the decline of America. And now I think it's pretty, uh, pretty obvious that we are in that decline. And but now we have some pushback. So I, I've been thinking about this pushback stuff and seeing how how is this going to work out? Because these people have plans. They got plans atop, uh, 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 on top of plans. And so uh, as the people start rising up, uh, how how are they going to handle this? This is going to be the surprise. Yeah. Amen. Well, that goes, you know, hand in hand with. Remember, we talked way back when about social scoring and China. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. I mean, if, if you said something wrong, all of a sudden, you know, you couldn't go to the next town because your bus pass didn't work. You know, stuff yeah. like that. I mean, yeah. know, and we're moving towards that here in the United States. Yeah. Share with us a little bit about this system that Communist China has implemented, how it applies to us in the United States, how they're getting ready to do that. All right. And so the connection would be is, is that what, as we did that uh, expose kind of like on on their social credit score. And that was a couple of years ago. We talked about this. Yeah. And, 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 and now it's. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. not that we were liking it. Of course, there are people that don't like it in China as well. But because of their expansive technology, they're watching everything. So if you deviate from their social norms that they have on the credit score, then you have some kind of repercussion and you get a limitation. Like you said, yeah, if you want to take an airplane, no, you got to take a train because uh, you don't you don't have a high enough score. So what this uh, CEI uh, group that monitors all of the businesses, they, they tell them, listen, you have to have this diversity stuff in there. And if you don't have that in there, we're going to give you a low score. And if you get a low score, you're going to be punished because you're not going to be able to do business with a variety of big players in in the corporate world. And so, therefore, this starts to explain why it is that somebody's willing to lose billions of dollars because they're not afraid of the people. They're afraid of people that up on top that have the ability to uh, break them if they don't follow the rules and regulations. And so that's where we see a lot of different companies that are going down a direction that is uh, um, people are so fed up with it. That's what happened with the Bud Light thing. It, yeah. it was just like the last straw, you know, yeah. the last straw. And, and they said, OK, this is it. And we're not taking this anymore. And so but it didn't make sense to me. Did it make sense to you that, that they would want to lose 20 million, 20 billion dollars and not change the direction? Yeah, I mean that doesn't make any sense at all for a business because exactly. a, business, a business is in business to make a profit. Yeah. That's yes. the whole deal, you know. Yes. If, if you're in know. business not to make a profit, you're out of business. <laughs> man, oh man! You know, people say, "Well, you know, nonprofits don't make." Oh, yes, they do. You now, nonprofit just means they don't use their money to further the lifestyle of the CEO and all that stuff, you know, the staff and all that is used for the mission. You know, like when people send mm -hmm. donations to our ministry, that's used to get the word out. You know, I have not drawn yeah. a salary from the ministry since we started this thing 15 years ago. You know, this aspect of the ministry, zero. Yeah. Every dollar comes in is accounted for and it's going mm -hmm. back out, you know, but uh, yeah. you know, Bud Light or Budweiser, I should say the, the, the Bud Light is the, the brand that got hammered. But, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And it's spreading. You know, I, and if we want to flip the coin just a minute, let's take everybody back to when uh, the 
I guess it was the LGBTQ alphabet soup type thing, when to do a boycott on Chick-fil-A because they're Christian values. Yeah. And that backfired big time. Chick-fil-A made more money after that yeah. than ever before because yeah. the Christians rallied around them. You know, yeah. you stand for our values, we're with you. You know, yeah. Budweiser was uh, the king of beer. You know, the, the America, when you talk about America, you know, it was, used to be hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet, you know, but then, and Budweiser <laughs> was added in there. Yeah. Wow, they can't give away their beer. They got to pay no. people vouchers to get it for free. You know, I yeah. Mean, it's, 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 you know, but that's the Christian values. Are saying are they're rising up saying we're we're done we're not taking this anymore you know well and that's where we finally made it as Christians I believe that you know our backs been pushed far enough you know we well, okay you know you you can do what you want to do do what you want to do yeah but they keep you know give them an inch they want the next foot give them that foot they want the next yard give yeah. them that yard they want your yard. <laughs> oh yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So this morning I was watching on Timcast IRL. I like watching those uh, mid or early thirties people. They were pretty uh, liberal in the beginning, but now they're centrist, so to speak. And they were talking about how Costco has dropped, but like they're not going to be stocking anymore. And then I learned a new term where shelf space where if you have a product that moves, you get the best shelf space when yeah. cu customers come into the store. And um, and Bud Light has lost their shelf space. And so I actually did this a couple of times when I go into a store and I'm going to a grocery store. I, I walk down the beer aisle to see what's going on. you know. And I will say it's like 90% of it is stocked. It, so this, the, the product was there. The other sides on either side, the products were gone, but the Bud Light was still there. <laughs> So, but then it brings up to a, the question is that, okay, so they lost uh, like $20 billion or maybe even more by now. And uh, and they don't seem to care. Now that's the question. Why would they not seem to care? Because this agenda usurps making money, which then comes into the face of stockholders. But then I realized that they got like a huge amount of stock in there, these the, the elites. But then the little people, the little people that have stock in there, the pensions and other uh contributing factors uh i'm i'm wondering why in the world aren't they suing them for breach of like agreement or contract you know yeah. because you're supposed to have their best interest at heart and they've destroyed this brand and even if it did turn around it would take a tremendous amount of time for that to take place so these people that had put them in charge to be able to do this I'm wondering where is their rise up for that going to take place because i'm i'm pretty sure it's going to happen Oh yeah. yeah. It, it takes a while because first, okay. The board of directors is the one who appoints the CEO and the, the marketing team and all that stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, the board of directors only meets every so often to vent their frustration at what's happening. Right. We'll just pull it that way. But the stockholders are the ones who selects the board of directors. You know, so you got to wait for the stockholders to gather enough votes to make a change in the board of directors who can then make a change at the headship. But yeah. the stockholders yeah. aren't going to get upset unless they look at it like, wow, we, we survived the pandemic. Okay. We lost like 40% of our 
you know, 401k value and all this stuff, you know, and we're just starting to turn back around and now we're losing 50% of it because this idiot decided to do this, you know, yeah. so that has to get to that point and then rally enough stockholders with that same sentiment to begin. So it, it takes a couple wow. of years really to, yeah. to, unless it's, I mean, this is so huge and so prolific. It could happen in less than a year, but it doesn't happen overnight. You know, uh, okay. You got to wait for that stockholders meeting, and then you know they have to have enough votes to boot out some of the board members so they can get a, their guy on a seat. You know, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it takes a while. You know, they, yeah. These the and again, it goes back to the elitist attitude. You know, yeah, we know better because we're here doing this. You know nothing. You know what we're yeah. telling you. You know, and yes, uh, it goes back to that. You, it, 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 it has to be a grassroots campaign just to try and get one of the seats on the board. That doesn't wow. give you a majority. That just gives you one wow. of the seats to express your opinion. Yeah. So you yes. Several of them. You know? Well, in this conversation, the information that we're talking about is a reference to the video um, put out there by Mark Moss. <clears throat> and he's uh, exposing the people that have, that are the owners of so many of these companies. I was stunned. No, as I'm looking at the people that uh, they own like 30 and 40 of the really big businesses. So therefore, you have this guy that that is making the decisions and they're letting uh, Bud Light take a bloodbath financially because uh, uh, in the scheme of things, they are so incredibly rich that $40 billion isn't even, you know, yeah. a tooth, toothpick to them. Yeah. No? Yeah. I mean, so there was, was the new term sent to sent millionaire type thing. But. Yeah. Yeah. I never even heard that term before. I didn't either. I didn't until he brought it up on his podcast. Centillionaire. Centillionaire. That's it. Yeah. Not a billionaire. A, no. Centillionaire. No. <laughs> it's amazing. And so they have so much money that $40 billion doesn't matter to them if it furthers their agenda. And pushing these policies upon humanity. Now, let me interject into that. Uh, just a caveat about what's happening over in France, right? So in France, uh, they had a conversation. I just watched this yesterday. It, it was subtitled because they're speaking French. And the people that are rebelling there right now saying that they're, the French people are saying, well, you come here, you need to acclimate. And they, this guy says, no, we didn't come here to acclimate. We came to take over. Right. Okay. so this is another part of the elitist in in this segment. And then you got the financial segment here. No. And so they're moving this further down the road, which we always talk about end times and the convergence of of the book of Revelation and how it is being contributing to what's happening in society one little bit at a time. And then it escalates and then it continues down. And so now we have the, the elitists that are they have so much money they don't they don't care as long as they push the agenda down there. So Mark Moss really did an excellent job at exposing the companies that are there, and even with clips saying that uh, they are going to force their change and policies upon people. So I got to give him credit for for taking the time to do that, and he even came out with a stronger one the other day. Mm, wow! Yeah, and and. So you're saying that in France, all these immigrants that came in, they're not there to accept the French value systems and and be part of the French society. They're there to 
take over and instill their value system, right? Yes. Yes. Gee. So if a country is accepting all these immigrants that don't want to acclimate, so then when they rise up as one unit, they have a voice larger than the actual citizenry. Where would that yeah, I know. Where would where would we run into a situation like that? <laughs> I know. I knew you would connect the dots. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, that was kind of a fascinating thing. Here's the erosion. I was watching. This is about a month ago, where there's a councilwoman that was somewhere, maybe El Paso, but it was somewhere along the border, and she was advocating having illegals come in because her mother came in as an illegal, and now she's you know born here, and now she's on a council. Uh, see, trying to actually change the protection of our sovereignty. And so we have all these people coming in. So we're somewhere down the road, we're going to have our own challenges like this. Yep, exactly. And it's not going to be very far down the road because Jesus is just around the bend. Ah, I know. <laughs> all I love this to, to happen fairly quickly. You know, I, I love working for the Lord, you know, yeah. and when I died, that's what, uh, in my heart attack, that's what the God said to me. He said, it's only while you are on earth that you can work for Jesus. I love doing the work. So I don't, I don't want it to end anytime soon, but the obvious thing is, is Jesus is coming back and it's becoming like in your face, you know, all with yeah. all the signs. And that's why we do these podcasts. To try to to get people to see the position and the timeline where we're in. First, the Christian, get them on a strong foundation, get them out of the world, and then fully into the kingdom of God and and build that strong foundation. And you build a strong foundation by actually living the scriptures, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is, is to have a wake-up call for people and their need. Because, you know, the thing is, is that everybody will tell you, pretty much everybody will tell you that they want to go to heaven. The problem in heaven is, is that it's a no-sin zone. Right. Amen. Heaven is God's home and it's a no sin zone. So therefore, how do we have that happen is that we need to have the 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 righteousness of Jesus who lived the human, you know, the human experience and never sinned. I had a conversation just the other day where a person was uh, asking me about that. And I said, well, that's he was fully divine. Nobody, no human being can do that. God himself had to do that. And so then when he has that righteousness applied to us, then God looks down from his throne and he goes, oh, yeah, that's my son. I see my son in them. You know, come on up. And so that's the thing where we the exposure. This is what we try to do. Get this exposure to people, the seed, the seed into the human heart that then gets watered and comes to fruition. Yep. Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, we are a triune being, spirit, soul and body. We are a spirit. Before you're born again, you're you got the wrong spirit. <laughs> yeah. Your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and then the body, the sinful body we live in, decrepit, yeah. you know, breaks down, gets sick, and all that. Well, if your mind, your will, and your emotions are in control, then the body obeys that because okay. your spirit man is dead. You know, you yeah. have a, a a sinful spirit. When you get born again, that spirit man dies, and Jesus sends the Holy Spirit wow. to dwell in you, and now you are a new creation in yeah. his image, and Christ is in the image yeah. of God. So God yeah. looks down. He sees all these little Jesuses running around because we have yeah. Christ in us, right? Yeah. Well, how come we still sin? Because your mind, your will, and emotions haven't been renewed. 
you know? So you can still make up your mind. You're going to get angry. That's an emotion, you know? And, you know, your body's going to follow suit because two out of three rules. Your mm-hmm. spirit man's inside saying, feed on the word. Let me get stronger and I'll take care of the mind, the will, and the emotions, you know? And yes. when you don't do that, yes, you can die and still go to heaven, but you're not going to live a blessed life here. But if you start feeding on the word and your spirit man gets stronger and you start controlling those emotions and you yeah. make up your mind, you're not going to sin anymore. You make up your mind. You're not going to yeah. sin anymore. Yeah. Now two out of three, the body has to follow suit. You know, It's just like, you know, putting this great big banana split right in front of you. My mind says, I need this. My will says, I'm going to eat this. You know, my body's like, we want this. And my spirit yeah. man saying, you don't need that. You don't need that. And I said, shut up. <laughs> I'm going to eat it, right? But yeah. when you go on, for lack of a better term, a diet, right? I know it's a four-letter word. I don't try not to use it too often. Mm-hmm. Looks like I don't use it too often. But, uh, you know, when I decided to lose weight, I went from 280 pounds down to where I'm at right now at 235. But the thing is, you feed on the word instead of on the food and you make up your mind you're not going to eat that banana split like that just Mm -hmm. because it's in front of you and pretty soon the body says yeah we don't need it you know yeah so that's just one simple example of all that but you know it reminds me as you were talking i got the lord dropped in my spirit about ananias okay and you know the apostle uh, not the apostle paul but saul being sent to arrest, persecute, kill, imprison. Yeah. Because we're talking about persecuting of Christians, right? The elitists forcing their will, mm-hmm. right? And then, you know, we know he met Jesus on the road. But as you were talking about, you know, the Christians actually have to make the decision that no matter what, we're going to do what God says. You know, they said, I, I just, I, lo- I love when I preach on this, I, I love doing this. It says, uh, Ananias, oh, yes, Lord, you know, I, I hear you. I'm here. He goes, Why don't you go down to the town down there and find Saul and lay hands on him? Because I got a job for him. And Ananias, his first response is, uh, you know who he is, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, he says, he's I, I, you know, Lord, you know, he he he's come here to arrest and kill people like me. And you want me to go find him? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. uh, he's like, I should go the other way. I need to go to a different town while he's here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but he obeyed, you know, and yeah. here, and, and look at the transformation. I mean, two thirds of the new Testament written by this yeah. guy who, you know, Ananias is like, pick somebody else. I don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we have to obey. You know, and and when the Lord says go do this, that's a simple thing. He's going to take care of us, and, and we, yeah. we we brought all that around to uh, back to the point of the topic was it's going to take the Christians standing with a united front, saying we're not taking it anymore. Period. You know, and the elitists can do what they want, but guess what? As we get persecuted, which the Bible says is going to happen, you know, we will be persecuted then that just means the soon return of Jesus is even closer because he's not going to allow his body to be destroyed. 
Hey folks, Pastor Bob here. We're all at time for today's portion of this interview with Tom Donnan, and it is a good one. Praise God. Have you noticed in the news all the discussion on the TV programs and things like that about possible aliens from outer space, as well as you know the advent of AI and all these things, and now quantum computers to boot? Folks, Tom Donnan and his insight from the Holy Spirit on these subjects is truly impressive and you need to come back for the next episode because we just had so much to discuss that i couldn't get it all into one let's put it like that amen so come back for the next episode drop down the show notes get in touch with tom donnan but be sure you come back for the very next episode because this is something you do not want to miss till then it's pastor bob ryan be blessed in all that you do thank you for listening to today's episode of the kingdom crossroads podcast Please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when another episode is published. With over 800 interviews and 1,000 published episodes, Pastor Bob is known as a podcasting expert for helping others to create their own podcast to share their messages with the world. Please visit our website at www.podcastersforchrist.com. That web address again is www.podcastersforchrist.com for more information. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.